Welcome to the Life of a Pro podcast hosted by Sam Wesley and Ben Markle. Within the podcast, we will be speaking to a range of professional footballers from around the world. We will be discussing the demands of being a professional footballer with each individual. We'd like to welcome our first guest to the show, which is Alfie Matthews. Alfie spent 11 years coming through Arsenal's academy before signing a professional contract last year with Crystal Palace. So thank you very much for joining us, Alfie. All good. So, Alfie, um, my first question really for you, uh, mate, is what does it mean to you to be a professional footballer? Um, I would say just, even though I've only just turned professional, I would say once I've left school and I'm in football every single day, it's like, it's, a, it's every boy's dream to say, oh, what's your job? Oh, I'm, I'm a footballer. So it's just, it's something that you love and you don't see it as a chore and you don't see it as work. It's it's a hobby and it's just a bonus that you're making a living out of it. But it's, it's the best thing that could have ever happened to most people. Just on that, that's actually quite a good talking point. From going to school and obviously playing football near enough every day, having days off school for football, to then actually going full-time into the whole system. What was that a big change? Was it, was it quite smooth because you'd already done that? What was, what was the... Talk us through that. Um, I thought it was quite a big change because, obviously, I moved whole different areas. I went from living with parents to living with a host family. And it was the first time, bearing in mind, I was only 16 years old. So it's like... Most people wouldn't really move out of that age. So bearing in mind, I've just moved out to a completely different home, completely different area. But I think the good thing about it was obviously moving in with one of my teammates. Okay. So obviously settled down a bit more, but you, you were never really there. You were only there for mainly like in the evenings because you were at training the whole day. Obviously, it's a bit different now with COVID, but it was you wake up, you're training, you, you, you're having lunch, breakfast and sometimes you're having dinner there so it's just it's a full-on day and then you're only really going back there to just rest and recover so it was it was quite difficult in terms of not seeing family and friends but the sacrifices that i've had to make and now I would now i can officially say that obviously i'm a professional so it's 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 worth the worth all the time what what do you think alfie um in relation to you're a lot you know you're alone a lot how did you deal with that so you know, I'm, I guess all three of us probably on here have, have, have stayed away for football. Mm. How, how did you deal with your downtime? Did you, is there anything, um, that you did? did you train more for the game or? Yeah, so I think I tried to stay as long as possible without over overcooking myself. So I would stay extra 30 minutes to work on little things in gym, maybe stretching. But then obviously when we got back again, like, like I said, I lived with one of the boys. So we could just go out, we could go for a meal, we could go cinema. But then at times it was like, what do I do on my days off? Like, by the time I get home, I'll have to leave again. So you're basically in the house all day. Sometimes it, it was quite good because all the boys, we, we've only just moved in together. So we all just basically chilled, looked around the area. But I think like most boys, that like we just play PlayStation and FIFA together. We just, what we... We were still just kids, really. We've just literally left school. So yeah. we focused on just trying to stay kids. Like, trying to... When I was in football, I thought everything towards football. But as soon as I left the training ground, I thought, okay, here's my normal life. I need to think about 
what I'm going to do for myself to improve the football, but also have fun. So not make everything just based around football. But I think the problem with me was I was always thinking, oh, is this going to affect my football? Is this going to affect my speed? Is this going to affect my strength? So I always had to overthink. So when that, friends that were going out. As well, to being a professional, though, I think. Yeah. I think that's that's all part of the mindset, all part of the makeup of it. When you when you're away from that, you're still you've still got that in the back of your mind because at the end of the day, that is your job, it's your body, it's your life. Yeah, of course, yeah. That's and probably what I'd say defines the people that go on to make it and the ones that maybe fall away. Because I'm sure again, we all probably know lads that probably in their downtime done things they shouldn't have done, um, mm. and then that will have a massive impact on the pitch. Um, yeah, of course, yeah. So if we go back just for the listeners kind of understanding so was he Arsenal he was at for yeah I was at Arsenal since 6 to 6, uh, six to 18 wow so you're 6 years old talk us through it how, how did you end up at Arsenal what um, so I was playing for a local team Dagenham United and I moved on to XL and then I had a few trials at a few clubs I think I had Tottenham West Ham um, and Arsenal were the main ones. And bearing in mind I'm a West Ham fan, I happily say that. Um, my dream was, as a kid, you always want to play for the team you support. And obviously, my dad supported them. And then, obviously, we went to trials there. And everything was like West Ham mad. It was like, I'm seeing some of the first team. And it's like, this is, this is every boy's dream, just to see the first team, let alone, like, have a chat with them. Yeah. And then... Obviously, I don't remember much of it, but I remember enjoying it. But then they obviously said I wasn't good enough, which was a bit confusing how you can say that to a six, seven-year-old. And then both of my two cousins were at Arsenal. Um, one of them was a keeper, one of them was a right-back. And my uncle had said, like, come over, have a look. Like, he'll enjoy it. It will help him. And I come there and then never looked back. But long before they offered you something when you was at Arsenal, did they... Was it six I think, weeks? I out? think I went, no, I think I went in and I remember, I think I was only there for like a few sessions and they'd offered me okay. and I remember signing. But the one, the one funny thing about it was obviously I, I wanted to pay for West Ham. So yeah. every training session I would have a West Ham shirt underneath my Arsenal top because it was just always something that was just in the back of my mind. It was like, one day I want to play for West Ham. And as you grow older, you realise when you play against the likes of West Ham's, the Tottenham's, it's different style of football with, with Arsenal. It was constant technical. And I think that's what helped me grow and mature just as like a player. Like it's a big thing because we were doing drills that sometimes we do at 23s level, but we were doing them at like nine tens, And it's like, it's, it's mad how, how developed we could have got as kids at Arsenal maybe at more than other clubs because they were more of a, a technical club, especially as when they were in the Champions League. They were one of the, the biggest clubs in the world at the time. So it was, it, was a, it was a blessing, really, in disguise. But How did you feel at six, Alfie? Obviously, you probably don't remember that far back, but how, how do you think you felt when, obviously, your boyhood club shows you that bit of rejection? Did you, was you... Yeah, that's the thing. I remember my dad um, telling me the exact story and... Um, Obviously, my first ever game for Arsenal was against West Ham. And the guy who said um, I wasn't good enough, he was the manager of the team. Like he was, I think he was the, uh, the director at the time or he was a head of academy. So, obviously, he was um, 
watching and I remember scoring my first goal for Arsenal and then being the cheeky lad I am, I ran across and shushed them, which <laughs> I don't know what a normal seven-year-old would be doing that. So I remember doing that, but I think as soon as I, I put the kit on, it doesn't really matter what kit I'm like wearing, what badges. I feel like the biggest thing with me is just playing football. Like it's, I'm, I'm, I know I'm good at it and I know it's something that I don't see myself doing anything other than football. So it was just every day stepping on the pitch. It was like, it was, it was like the best time of your life. You, all you, all, you were happy when you had the ball at your feet. And I think that's just what just set me apart from a lot of other players. When did you realise, when did you think, okay, I'm, a, I'm, I've got something here. Like, and when did your family, when did you, you know, really start? Obviously, Younger age, is it's a bit more about the fun, isn't it? But yeah, of course, like, yeah. Um, I would say probably under 14. I remember playing the Wembley Cup. Uh, I was never in the squad because it was under 16s. And I remember under 14s, they said, like, we needed a striker. So, obviously, they, they brought me back up. And I was on the bench, like, knowing I probably weren't going to come on. And I come on at extra time and... If the game stayed nil-nil, Reading would have automatically won because Wembley said they didn't want to do penalties. So, but coming on, and then I think it was like my third touch, I scored to make it one-nil. And at that point, I thought, yeah, I can. I'm playing with two years older. I don't find it that hard. I know I can. I can go places. And then, little things like you feel like, wow, like, is this really happening to me? Like, like, like sponsorships playing for your country it was just stuff like that was just was it around that time you got selected to play for England yeah so I think my first was at the start of the under 15 season and they'd said I've, I've impressed but I said like they can they can say that it's just where I get into the squad for the games and I remember going uh, on my way back from school and my dad said I've just got an email and he was I was like from who and obviously he showed me it and like I think my jaw dropped more than anything because to be called up for your country is the the top of the top really. And then I remember making my debut against Romania. We went one nil down, and I was like, "Oh, this ain't a good." And then I remember scoring on my debut, which was I I can't really put it into words. Really, it was just to say you've played for your country is one thing, but to say you've scored, it's not many players can say that at any level. So I was just over the moon. And then I went on to play from five times, scored three, and then I had a massive injury. I broke my arm at the first game of the season under 16s against Chelsea. And then obviously I had like four months out with the, with the uh, broken arm. And then I come back as a 16-year-old and they told me I was going to go train with the 23s. Bearing in mind, these are players I look up to, like Christian Bielik, Joe Willock, Darius Nelson, Emil Smith-Rose, and it's like, wow, like, I'm actually coming here for my first session back. Like, and I remember breaking my arm in the first session I got back. Mm-hmm. So it was a massive down, like, obviously, it was during GCSEs. It was during, it was just during everything, and that's what affected, like, school life, home life a little bit, because I wanted to play football. And then... So that all come at once. So you, you broke your arm at Chelsea, you got back fit, and then you're, what was your first session back? You broke your arm again. First session back, yeah. First session back with the 23s, and I broke it. And then 
obviously my head kind of gone. I just thought like, it's just, it's, it's basically a whole season out of football. I've never had an injury like this. And this, bearing in mind it was only my arm and I thought, why can't I just wear like a, when it, when, the second time it was only fractured a little bit. So I said, why can't I just wear a cast? Like, players like Vardy do it, so why can't I do it? And then it was just, obviously in my head, I was thinking, this is just a season gone. This season, players are going to get better than me. And then that season, I still come back and got top goal scorer on the team. So it wasn't much of a problem, but in my head was like, even though I've done all this, imagine what I could have done the past seven months. And yeah, obviously it affected, like I said, it affected like school and home life a little bit because all I wanted to do was just play football. And who was in that side, uh, Alfie? Who was in that England side? That, that Was there any, any names, headline um, names that kind of you could have... Oh, played? well, uh, Saka Bukayo. Right. Like, I would say like he was one of my... I would say he was probably my best mate back at Arsenal. Because like, we'd grown up together from the age of six. And, like, I think Sam's seen some of the videos. It's like the stuff like what me and him done on the pitch, we just, we clicked. And it was, it was not more of like, oh, where's he going to be? It's, it was under like, we were, we were connected in each other's minds. Like, he knew where I was going to be. So it was just, it was in the play of him. And when he made his debut, it was just, I was over the moon. Like, it was just, I don't see him as a friend. I see him as family because I've I've grown up with him. I've seen him mature. I've seen him be a kid to turn into a young man. And it's just, it was probably one of the better feelings in my life, seeing him make his debut. And now where he is today, like, and he's not one of them boys that forgets his roots. Like, he always texts me still. So it's just, it's nice to keep, to have players like that, like who you've grown up with, to who have got their chance and have taken it with both hands. Yeah. Do you think you'd you'd be there, Alfie? Now, obviously, you had that setback quite early on. Do you think that that had a big setback in your career at Arsenal, or do you think? Um, I wouldn't say it would have had a setback in my career at Arsenal, but obviously, when this was during the times of the Euro, uh, <clears throat> the Euros, right? And in my opinion, when I've been in the squad, I think I would have, and. Not being in the Euros, it's big clubs looking at you. Mm. And I think there was um, when I made my debut, there was seven, eleven players on the on the pitch with Arsenal. So it was like we we were the best team in the country by miles. So if them seven, the other six boys, they went to the Euros except me because of the massive setbacks. So obviously, my head was like, oh, imagine if I didn't have this, look where I would have been. But my biggest, my biggest thing is just everything happens for a reason. So it's, it's made me the player I am today. Like, I wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't even change the broken arm because it would have, it, it's made me stronger. It's made me realise, like, little things can, it can affect you, but it's how you deal with them. So maybe I didn't deal with it the best, the best I could have, but I'm here today and I'm, and I'm doing well for myself. You'd obviously been at Arsenal since eight years old, so or sorry, six, mm. right? So you've been at Arsenal since six years old, so it's a long, long time. You must have had lots of different players, coaches, member of staffs, physios. How, how important was it for you to be like adaptable? Because I know, like every two years, it's, it's another two-year contract, and, and you, that that adaptability at the moment, I think, is key coming up through the age groups. Yeah, um, I thought it wasn't as difficult because, again. We, we was winning everything. We went 
two or three seasons unbeaten. So the team stayed the same until all the way up to under-14s. And then it's when it started to get to like the crucial part in your career. Like people are going to, you're getting near scholars. And luckily there was uh, me and Bakayo, we both got early scholarships at 14. So we, we were like, why so early? Blah, blah, blah. And it was, it was nice because you always had the same coaches around you, even though the under-16 manager, he wasn't always the under-16 manager. Sometimes he would drop down to the under-12s and then he would go to the 14. So it was always, you always knew the coaches around Haylen. So it was, it was nice that you obviously didn't think, oh, who's this manager? This one's new. But it was just constant. You, you knew the managers, you knew them inside, like knew what they liked, what they didn't like. And that's why I've had some top coaches over the years. Like I would say, Andrews Younger, who used to be the director. And then I think the best of all, I think over my career is probably Freddie Lundberg. He was, he was unbelievable. Like just he, because obviously he had played the game at the, the highest level you can get. He, he knew what you wanted off the pitch more than on the pitch, which was, I think was good for us. Aside from football, Obviously, mentally, how did you do it? You know, you said you touched upon, obviously, at, at home, etc. It was difficult during a period of, of your injury. How did you, kind yeah. of, how did you get through that? Like, what, what, what did you, you know, what did you do to get through that period rather than, you know, because we've seen players can go up, and like I said, go mm. the other way. I just feel like my dad always told me, if I know I'm good enough, then I can make it. And I always... And little things like it might sound like just silly, but I used to always watch my clips back. Just even when I was out, I always just kept on putting myself back up and think, Oh, look at that goal I've scored, or look at that pass I've done. And even with the broken arm, as, as much as they probably didn't like it, still done stuff in the garden. So I can always stand up and do kick ups. I didn't lose my technical ability because I'd say that's my super. So I would always just think of that, but. I'd constantly watch football, speak with boys. And I think what helped as well, like, because we were a big, we were a big group and we've been together since young, they always like would ring me, say how I am. But luckily I used to go to training basically every day. Um, so I went back to training every day. We'd done sessions, like just gym sessions, lower body. So I was obviously in and around the club, but it wasn't, it wasn't the same. Just seeing the boys from the gym, when I was in the gym, I'm seeing the boys having fun out on the pitch, and you're like, well, "This is this ain't, it ain't great being in the gym and doing this." But it was just pushing myself constantly, having people come at the same time, just telling me like, "Nothing's gonna happen. You've already got scholarships. It's it's a minor setback. It's just you can't do anything about it now. Just what you're gonna do about it now?" That makes sense. Just. It's, it's... Moving on from that, but still kind of staying on the same subject, you know the system at the moment, so you've, you've been in it, like you said, from six. Do you think just going through the system and, and training when you're being told to train and doing gym when you're being told to do gym is enough to become a professional football player? Or do you think you need to, a bit like you said, need to go out and watch your clips and, and do extra one-on-one work and, th- and things like that? I think... The biggest thing for me is like extra stuff and the clips. I think that's a big thing because you can always think if the coach said, oh, you've had a bad game or Mac in your head, oh, I've had a bad game. But if you watch the game back, you can 
especially now I do it, if the coach said, like, oh, you haven't done this, you haven't done that, I clip it and then we sit down and we have a chat. But I don't think that you do it as much on when, until you get into the scholarship phase. So it's a bit difficult because players always want to just think when you're a kid, and I'm, I've definitely done it, and I'm sure you've both done it. It's, when you're a kid, you always think about what you do on the ball. It's not really much of what you do off the ball. Like football nowadays is more. You're, I think you're on the pit, you're on the ball like three minutes in the, in the whole game. It's and then the other eighty-seven minutes you're off the ball defending. So it's you always need to clip because you can always watch stuff back. And oh, I could have done this. Let me clip that down. I'm gonna work on that in training. And then especially with you and me yourself, Sam, we've obviously done one stuff. I think it helps you just get better because as much as you can do it back at your clubs, they obviously. They manage a load, like in training. Sometimes they say, "Okay, boys, can I do twenty minutes?" But you know your body better than yourself. So if you feel like I can push myself another fifteen, or you know what, I'm not going to do any extra today. I'm feeling a bit tight in my calf or my hamstring. So I feel like that knowing your own body can help with the off pitch, off the stuff as well, because you might not be able to do on the pitch that day, but you can think, "Okay, let me go do my clips," or you can go go do a bit of gym work. I think that's a big thing in in growing up, which it's harder because you obviously, when you're a kid, you always want to follow the coach's like instructions. If they say, okay, boys, you're done. You don't say, can I do this? You're done. Like, it's time to go home. But as you're, as, as you grow and you think, okay, it's my job now. It's, it's all down to you. It's your body. Do you analyse much players' outfits? So players in your position? Mm. Do, you, do you look yeah. at them? Yeah. Obviously, I've spoken to people and they say like, like, okay, look at this player, look at that. But I've never just looked at one player because I don't see myself as a, a Calvert-Lewin. I don't see myself as a De Bruyne. I see myself as me, but I take bits out of everyone else's game. So I like to watch like Fernandez, De Bruyne, like Firmino, players who, who, who are fun to watch, but also they do their job. But then I watch players like James MacArthur, for instance. You people would think, oh, why are you going to watch MacArthur? But he's he off the ball. The stuff he does is like he amazes you. It's like why is he so like constant? And even in training, he doesn't care who you are, what age you are. He's going to push you. So like adding him like little stuff to his game to my game, it, it can take you that extra just one percent. And that's what can, that 1% might be better than the person next to you. Have a, you have, this is obviously coming out of the game, I'm sure Sam has as well. I've kind of looked up to people now and kind of got mentors in the business side of the game to kind of learn off. Do you have a mentor and people in the game that you can kind of, you can reach out to, to kind of, that you don't feel that you're necessarily against him? So you're not fighting for your position with that person, but you kind of, mm. a, a first team player mate, be at Palace or... Uh, no, um, I wouldn't say that. Not really, like, who's really older than me. I have a boy, Sam, though, in Reese Hannam, left back at Palace. He's obviously just joined as well. And since playing with him, it's like he hasn't had the best of careers at the moment with injuries, but now he's getting back into the flow. Like, I can say whatever I want to him, and he'll take it on the chin, and he'll, he'll push himself. And same with me. But obviously, I don't want to... That's, I think that's what the good thing is. As much as you need to be close to everyone, you need to have them one or two boys that you can, you can be really close with. So, obviously, after games, I'll be like, Reese, how do you think I've done today? And they'll be brutally honest. 
he won't like beat around the bush or anything. And same with me. If he says something, I'll be like, well, you didn't do this today. Like you're the reason we did this. And he'll, he won't, he won't, he won't get upset about it. He won't get annoyed. He just takes on the chin and he works on it. And I think that's what's the good thing about like having close people, not so much. I think it will be ideal to have someone high up, but again, it's been quite hard to go up there training as much as possible because with this COVID thing. So, but I think a big person I speak to is like my dad as well. My yeah, dad. my dad and my granddad, they're, they're my biggest critics, but my big lovers at the same time, they're, they're on to me every day, making sure I'm doing A, B and C. They're, they're like helping me at the same time. So when they watch the game, we'll, we'll sit down and we watch the full 90 minutes and we'll just write stuff down. We'll just say, okay, this, this is not the outfit we both know, like, why have you, like simple five-yard pass. But then at the same time, when he sees something, he'll, he'll know it down and say, like, this is, this is you. So I think that's a, a big thing as well with me and my dad. Enjoyment of football is a subject which I think affects everyone because obviously if you're playing well, you're in the team, you're scoring goals, you're going to enjoy it. But I, I still think for me when I was playing, and probably the same with both of you two, when I stopped school and started playing full-time, that's for me when football became more like a job. I still think my scholarship years were my best years, but that there was a clear change in my mentality where I thought this is this is more pressure now it's more of a job and that slightly took away the fun for me I don't know mm. if, if that's the same with you but have you felt that growing up um I would say my first year as a scholar at Arsenal it was just bearing in mind I was the youngest one there so it wasn't I kind of knew I wasn't going to play as much but in my head I was like I was one of the best players in my age group in the country so surely I'm going to have a chance and then when you don't get that chance you think okay what am I doing wrong but then they tell you oh no no you're doing everything right just keep on working hard and it does get in your head sometimes but I feel like with me I just feel like just prove them wrong and I've always said that like I don't care who you are what age you are if you're good enough you'll play and that's obviously in my head it was like why am I not playing but I just thought to myself, I, I didn't really lose like love of it. I just pushed myself in training every day. I think it's because it's the only it's it's the, it's the thing I'm good at. Like I know I can make a career out of it. So I just feel like if I just push myself every day, no matter what level I'm gonna be playing at, like it's the best job in the world being a footballer. It's just to say I am a professional now is one thing, but to say like oh. My dream is to play in the Premier League, 100 goals. I want to go to Italy in, in five years. I want to play in the Serie A. It's just having little goals like that. It's just, I think it motivates you more and more. And that's yeah. why I just, I don't really, I've never lost like any enjoyment out of it. There are days where you have your down days if you're not in the squad. But I just always think to myself, like, it's just a setback. Like, they're just testing me. I feel like, oh, I haven't played good enough. I just always say to myself, they're just testing me just see how my reaction is and if your reaction is not that 99% it can it can just keep on going down you've clearly got Alfie just like within what half an hour you've clearly got massive tunnel vision um, and you proper driven to, and you know you know what your end goal is mm. like I can tell straight away like there's no way that you're not going to go to to where you want because that's where your tunnel vision is well, I guess my mm. question is my question is from that 
does that stem from the people around you? You know, are you close with people that aren't in the game? Because you can quite easily get sideways tracked if you've you've not got that good support network. But you've mentioned your dad and your granddad. Um, do you yeah. Keep, do you keep your circle very small? Oh, I think I've got the smallest circle out of everybody. I don't. It might sound a bit sad, but I don't really have many friends because I just I feel like. If I want to do like if 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 people go and skiing, for instance, like my family goes skiing, I just feel like that's not what I need to do now. Once I retire, once I have everything I need to have, it's like I can do what I want when I want. I don't have to worry about it. That's that's the stage I want to get into my career. I don't want to have to worry about stuff. And that's why I just feel like, especially my dad, he works every day just so I had the chance. And that's like a big motivation just to to pay my dad back. That's one of my biggest motivations, to pay my dad and my stepmom back is like the biggest goal out of everything. I don't want them to have to worry about money. I don't want to have to worry them about food, anything. That's not, that's one of my biggest motivations, but it's just keeping myself motivated every day just to say, I don't feel like, oh, what if I do it? I don't have a plan B. As much as people say you need a plan B, I just... I never have, and I doubt I never will. I don't, I don't, I don't want a plan B. Because if I feel like I need a plan B, the the motivation and the 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 aspect of going towards plan A drops one percent, and then that one percent can get you to Premier League or Conference. I was going to say, what is your, what is Alfie's, what is Alfie's next steps? Obviously, you've you've you left, you left Arsenal. Um, you've gone, you've moved to Palace. Obviously, another Premier League side. Is it to break into the first team at Palace? I guess that is your aspiration. But you know, do you see yourself going out alone? What 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 do you see for yeah? Um, well, obviously, I've, I always have chats. Like I write a lot of things down as well. Like just to, and because when you don't, sometimes you want to just speak to someone, but sometimes I like just to, like my own company is probably my best company. I just like to write things down. And my biggest thing like, for next season is probably get my new contract by the end of this season. And then I would like to get out on loan to, to, to either an English League One or League Two or a foreign club just to experience men's football. Because I feel like that's, that's where you want to be. And I've only just turned 19, so I'm still quite young. But I feel like I know I'm good enough and I know I'm physically perfectly fine. So... I think that's that's my goal for the next season to to either break the first team in and around preseason, or to get out alone because I, I, twenty threes football is is good, but when little things when you train with the first team, you can tell the tempo goes up by twenty percent. The they talk, they're brutal. They don't care who you are, what age you are. If you're up there, you're one of them for the day. So that's what I want to be like. I want to be in and around the squad of, of men. I want to be I want to be in and around first in football for a whole season. I think that's that's the goal. Definitely. See see how you just you've actually touched on it quite a lot in the last ten minutes about like writing down things, setting goals. Is that something you've always done since you was um obviously like a, a youngster, a schoolboy coming into football? Not really. I've only started to do it like Reset, I'd say that from last season, just to constantly motivate myself because there's always people trying to bring you down, whether that's coaches, players, even family. And it's just if you keep on 
just telling yourself I'm going to get there not oh when I get there or if I it's just when I get there I want to do this I want to do that I just and the big thing is like when I watch football I just feel like I can do that so if he can do that then I can do that like I don't as much as I look up to a lot of players I feel like if they can do it then why can't I it's just everyone's the same it's just if you have the confidence and the ability then you know you can go to the top so I feel like writing stuff down obviously helps with them ultimate goals you were just saying about like playing in the top league anywhere in the world scoring 100 Premier League goals do you ever break them down into smaller goals like daily goals or, or like the goals you want to get for the season like you want to score 20 goals for example do, is that something you do yeah. or not, not something um I feel like obviously with the coaches, obviously we set like six months goals, which is good. But also it's not really, obviously I set a goal each each week to score 100 goals in training, whether that's in the training session or if I've only hit, I don't know, obviously I won't get an exact number. But in the training, if I feel like I've only scored 15 and it's a, and it's a Friday and I know I'll have a Saturday off, then I'll go try and hit the back of the net. Even if it's not a keeper, I'll try and hit the back of the net 50 times like 20 of my right 20 of my left 10 of my head it's just doing stuff like that can obviously make you into just like just getting into your head like just getting into the rhythm you're gonna happen so hitting the back of the net it's not something that it's it's a chore it's something that you want to do or finding the finding that 50 yard pass over the top of the defense it's because i've had to change my game a lot since i've come to palace because Obviously, when being at a club at Arsenal, you always have the ball. You probably have the ball 70 minutes of the game. But with Palace, you probably, we, we don't have the ball 70 minutes of the game. So it's more when you get the ball, okay, you need to be 100% here. You need to make sure that pass or that shot is, is perfect. Because if it's not, then you're back to defending. And that can, that can make or break a starting, a starting lineup. Like you can be in the squad one week, but if you push your pass, in the 80th minute, then it's, you're out of the squad. You know, Alfie, you're 19, you say, obviously for a lot of people listening, you, you know, you've got a very mature head on. Um, so, I, I, you know, I think, speaking for myself and Sam, I'm sure, you know, I don't, like I've said, I don't think, I think there's one way that you're going to go um, with your drive and ambition. But if you, you know, if you are telling any young, young listeners out there, um, what would you? What would your one advice be to Alfie that was, that was ten or eleven or twelve playing at Arsenal or even you know a little bit older? What would your one advice be if you could go back? What would you say to yourself? Um, I'd say to have more fun because I feel like I was, I was very serious from a really young age. I'd say when I hit 13, 14, I would never go out after school. I'd always go back. Little things, like even even if I weren't in, or if if some of the boys were going over the park, I'd just go in and I'd I'd play PlayStation just to stay off like the streets. I'd just stay out of trouble, and I just feel like just have more fun because I've always been so serious, and I feel like it's good where I am now, but I've not had much of a childhood. Everything's been so much football, 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 but. I don't regret it, but I feel like it could have helped me, but it could have not. But I just feel like having more fun just on the pitch and off the pitch could have helped me. 
I've got a, a couple more questions. One of them is is going back to that time at Arsenal, um, when you, when you was in your second year, when when uh, obviously people get released every day. When you did get released, yeah. did you have any like bitterness towards Arsenal, or did you see it quite as a like fair decision? What what was your thinking when you did get released? Um, in all honesty, I just thought is what it is. Let me just prove them wrong. Like my my. Not in a cocky way, but I just thought, you know what, I'm going to make them, I'm going to make them suffer. I'm going to make them want to find me back in two, three years. I'm going to make them think, oh, why have we let him go? And I think it's good when you have that motivation in your head just for like, it is what it is. You can't change it. But at the same time, it was hard because I've been there, like leaving boys that I've grew up with, they're family to me. Like all I've known is them lot. But at the same time, I thought, i just got to move on now. I can move on to bigger and better things. Do, would I have seen myself breaking into that first-team squad at such a young age? Probably not because of the situation Arsenal are in. And with Palace, they're, they're, they're more of a, a lower Premier League team. But they're, they bring a lot of youth in. So, obviously, it was... It was unbelievable coming here and the way they accepted me. And to be honest, they did have their doubts because they thought I was just going to be just a technical boy. But obviously, I showed them and that's obviously where I am now and don't really have any regrets. And, and how did that go about, Alfie? So obviously you left... You left Arsenal. Was it kind of the, the following day you was at Palace or the following week? How, how did it kind of go? go um, well, obviously, they spoke to us. They said, obviously, at the end of the season, we're not going to give you a new contract. And this was like three quarters into the season. They said, you can start going to look at clubs now if you want. And I said, no, there's no need. Because I wanted to stay at the best facilities. I wanted to train with the best players. And I just thought, as much as it might be embarrassing for some boys, I just thought, I'm an Arsenal player to the end of the season. I'm not, not an Arsenal player now. So I just thought, let me stay. Carried on working. I had clubs offering me to go to them, but I thought, I'm just going to stay. I'm going to finish the season. I wanted to win the Youth Cup. That was my, I thought that would have been the best thing, just to leave, win the Cup. And then, obviously, I got dropped out of the Youth Cup squad because of the reason, which was, in my opinion, it wasn't a great decision by the manager. And obviously, we got knocked out. And then, obviously, again, I spoke to my agents about clubs. And then COVID started to hit. So then I was, I was at home for three months thinking, OK, what am I doing? Bearing in mind, I was getting a bit, like, worried about saying, oh, I've not found the club. This season's about to start. But then out of nowhere, I had multiple clubs asking me to come. And I thought like that's what just made up because it was like, it just shows that I've worked so hard. And when I did go on to trials to a few clubs, it was, I was fit, I was healthy. I didn't lose really any technical, tactical stuff. So it was nice, but I stayed there till the end of the season. I think that was a good decision because I didn't want to rush into anything because I thought this is going to be my next long, long-term club. So I didn't want to just rush into things and think, oh, I've made the wrong decision three months later, but I feel like I've made the right decision and it's, and it's showing. So your contract, just, you know, a final few things 
before we wrap up. So your contract um, expires this summer, do you say? Yeah, this summer, yeah. Um, quite, you know, how, are you quietly confident or how, how things been going? Have you progressed well? Do you, do you feel in a good position? Yeah, I've, I've, yeah I've definitely changed the player. Coming to Palace as a number nine, but then switching to a number 10 role. Um, I feel like it's been, it's, been, it's been a weird one because you have to learn more the defensive side. But I feel like I'm doing well. Again, like I said, I've got nominated player in a month. So it just shows that I'm, I am doing well. So, again, you can never be too sure because football can change like that. I can just change. Like, you can go from being the star player to a nobody in a matter of minutes. So you you just got. I just take every day by it is just work hard and just whatever happens at the end of the season happens. Nice. Um, coming into the football, coming into an academy setup at the age you did six. Do you think it really matters what age you do enter the setup? Because obviously you get boys coming in as late as like 18 sometimes 17 18 um do you think it varies or do you just think it's like like it is what it is i think it's a it's good and bad starting at the at the bottom because obviously it starts good again because you grow up with the people you know the club you know everyone around the club but then it's I think it's. I think it is tough coming into a club full team because sometimes boys don't want you at the club. Sometimes boys feel like, okay, he's my position. I'm gonna make sure he don't train well. I'm gonna make sure he don't get a contract because it's it's football's a doggy dog world. It's either gonna be you or me, and it has to be me. It can't be you because if it's you, then that's one. That's one more player in my position. That's one That's one less opportunity to get to where I'm trying to get. But then again, you see the likes of Jamie Vardy, who I always look at. It's just, he comes into the Premier League so late in his career and he's flying, like scored multiple goals in the Premier League, multiple for England. He's won the Premier League. Like, it's a fairy tale, really. Like, no one would have ever thought that. I feel like there are benefits starting from the bottom, but there's also a lot of like, downsides coming into an academy so it's just how you take it really my my last question really um um from my point of view is is what's the difference obviously going from how do you find it a difference going from like a club that like you said at the time was one of the best in the country probably growing up um and just that that i would not i wouldn't call it a downwards move absolutely not because it's still a premier league club but Maybe facilities um, are different, um, a change of environment. Um, what, what would you, t- you know, is there anything that you would do differently now that you've gone into Palace because because of the environment that you're in? Is you know, do you need to be, do you need to adapt? So, for example, myself, I left Stoke and went into Burton Albion, um, and it was completely different, and I didn't adapt very well, yeah, um, which affected me on the pitch. But did you just kind of get on with it and? And kind of think, oh, it's football, you know, got to get on with it. Or... Yeah. Um, I feel like it was probably the worst time for any boy to move into a new club because you can't really experience it properly with the COVID situation. So I feel like that's, that's the biggest thing. Like we, we can't really go in the change room together at the moment, like free in, free out. It's just, it's, it's hard with that. So 
the off the pitch the stuff. So like getting to know the ball a bit harder. But now I'm there, it's like I wouldn't change it. But it's definitely it's definitely been a weird roller coaster going from again, like I said, to Arsenal to Palace. But I wouldn't change anything. I just feel like the way Palace treated me, the the people on social media welcoming me, it was just it was just especially as it's another London club, I'm a London boy, it's just it was it was the best possible move for me and my career at this moment in time. So I wouldn't change anything really about that. I'm just I'm quite grateful how they actually welcomed me because there's been boys coming into previous my well, previous club Arsenal. When they come in, we just think we don't want him in this club. We're gonna make sure he don't get a contract. That's that's what people do. And these lot obviously they, they accepted me. They rated me highly, so it was just, it was, just, it was perfect. It was literally perfect. I couldn't have asked for anything more, really. Um, from me, you know, thank you, mate. Uh, thanks for giving us your time. Um, yeah, thanks for bringing me on. You know, uh, really interesting. Really interesting, and I guess for any young lad listening, you know, mate, I'm a bit older than you, and so is Sam. But you know, I wish I'd had half of your kind of tunnel vision, mate, because. You can see how much you want it um, and you can see how dedicated you are. So I just wish you all the best. Um, and, and yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll see you on the TV soon. Cheers, Ben. Cheers, Sam. No, I couldn't have said, said it any better than that, Ben. Unbelievable. <laughs>